Hi, and welcome to the Community HealthCast. My name is Elizabeth Bailey, and I'm the coordinator for the Queen's Community Health Board. I'm here today with Barbara Ross, who is our chair emeritus and a member of the board. We wanted to talk a little bit about our community health plan and the Queen's Community Health Board implementation plan. If you've been listening to this podcast and you kind of have a sense of who we are and what we do, this is really going to lay out all of the basics and say these are the guiding documents that define our work and help us decide what we do in community and how we do it. And yeah, we just wanted to go back and have have a review and talk about especially what we're doing this year. This is a document that all 11 boards in the Western Zone worked on together, and that's, you know, the whole South Shore, Tri-County area, and the Valley. We all felt like we had really similar priorities in our work, and we put together this plan about three years ago. It's a five-year plan, so we've got two more years on it before we come out with a new plan. And the four priorities in our plan are affordable housing, food security, recreation and wellness, and community connections. Now, right before we started this recording, Barbara and I were having a chat, and she said something really, really interesting about the way that COVID has impacted all of these priorities. And I was wondering if you could say a little bit about your thoughts about that, Barbara. Well, thank you, and good morning, everyone, and good morning, Elizabeth. It's a bit of a, we call it in Scotland, a bit of a drich day. It's cold and wet, but uh, we're ready to go. So I was quite fortunate to be involved in the development of the Community Health Plan. Does it really feel like three years ago? I guess it is. However, it was pre-COVID, and as a group, we had identified these four priorities with the underlying concern that we knew that the problem around particularly childhood poverty, but poverty as a general uh, concern, that they impacted quite heavily on housing particularly, but also sustainable and food security for access to recreation and social inclusion. And we, of course, had no idea that COVID was going to come along and create almost a perfect storm that those four priority areas have become much more of a dire need for us as communities, each of us as individuals across Nova Scotia, across all the health boards. But if we're talking just about our own Queen's Community Health Board, that each and every one of those priorities has been significantly impacted by COVID. We already see the price of fuel going up. We know that food prices in the supermarket are going up and that, you know, if you can't afford to put gas in your car, you can't afford to access recreational opportunities, whether it's for you or for your kids. And certainly uh, it means that we're less likely to get out and about to visit friends and neighbours. So I think in a almost unbelievable situation that when we came up with those health priorities, little did we realize that the consequences of COVID would inflate all those issues that we as a health board have tried our very best to advocate for and to address as a community, as a health board. So the next two years are going to be pivotal for each of us to take those health priorities and tease out what we as a a board can 
influence how we can advocate on behalf of the residents of our community and make some impact. Yeah, well said, Barbara. So that kind of leads me into wanting to talk about our implementation plan, right? Because at the beginning of the year, our board sat down and we said, you know, here's everything we've seen happening during COVID in our community. And here's our health plan. Where do we want to focus? Like, where do we think is the best place for us to put our work and energy? And the main things that we're doing this year are advocating for affordable housing. And if you listen to this podcast, you've heard several episodes on this topic. You know, everybody knows it's a big crisis issue right now, and that's not going to go away. But we're also really concerned about recreation and wellness, and we're especially looking at recreation and opportunities to get out and take care of your health because you know that that was really difficult for a lot of people during COVID and especially looking at no cost opportunities for youth so that even when people's budgets are tight, you can still have a chance to get out there and do something. We thought that was important. Something else that uh, we talked quite a lot about when we were putting this plan together was child poverty. And that's been a focus of this board for quite a while. We had an episode, a great episode, with Shannon Vincent from Schools Plus talking about the synergy between child poverty and housing insecurity. We know that's a big issue. But Barbara, you know, you were one of the people who first came up to the table and said, I think this board needs to really focus on child poverty. You were a real leader in putting together the child poverty forum that we had before COVID. And you were also the person who said, let's not lose that focus, that lens, because all of these things are intertwined. But I wanted to hear a little bit more about why you, with your background and experience, why you think that child poverty is such an important focus. Thank you, Elizabeth. And you're quite correct. It's something that has, although my own children are grown up now, as a young mom with three boys, and I know myself that it was you know, always a struggle to make sure that the kids were well fed and were able to start their day with a good breakfast and lunch and, and, you know, that they had a hearty meal when they came home at night. But that's not possible for many, many families. And it's not rocket science that children have to have those elements or those components present in order for them to thrive. So we're not just talking about their physical health, although, of course, that's um, incredibly important, but also their mental health. Children are like sponges. They're very aware of what's going on at home when families are struggling to pay their rent. We as, as a community, we as a province, really need to do better in terms of making sure that these are the next generation. These are the kids that are going to go on to hopefully be teachers and nurses. It's really important that we invest in their future. They look to us as adults, as leaders, as politicians, to make sure that their future is secure and that they're taken care of. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think working on this podcast and talking with a lot of our other guests, especially guests who work with children, you get a very strong sense that if children aren't doing okay, then nobody's doing okay. And whatever stresses the parents have show up in the kid's life. Like, I mean, I'm a parent and I know <laughs> when we've got issues, the stress shows up in a family and parents are having problems with the landlord and their dwelling is going to be sold and they're looking for a new place to rent and they can't find it. 
you know, even if the kids don't know the specifics, they feel the tension and they take it with them they to sure school. Do. You know, if the groceries yeah. are expensive and the parents are stressed out about that, then the kids pick up on that stress and they take carry that with them. How do you ever feel good about yourself when you're hungry, when you're cold, when you're constantly scared that you can't pay the next bill? And I think statistics have shown not just people who are currently living in poverty, but the number of people who are one paycheck away from poverty, who, you know, if somebody gets injured or for whatever, that they're on the breadline, that over and above the people that we know about living below the poverty line are the ones that are just barely struggling. I worry a lot about the COVID recovery when the cost of living, and we know that inflation is on the horizon, that uh, those people who are kind of hovering are going to be pushed over the edge. I don't think COVID was just a health crisis. I think we're looking at a financial crisis now. It's going to affect everybody. And I think we as a community can do a lot to help each other. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Barbara. You know, one of the things that we're doing as a board right now is really doing some hard advocacy around housing and child poverty to say, look, we need some societal structure and support because individuals can't solve these problems on their own. We need to have affordable housing available. More needs to be built. Housing that exists needs to be fixed so that it's safe and appropriate. I mean, that's something we don't really talk enough about, I think, is the fact that of the housing stock that we do have, a lot of it's not in great shape. And that is something we can do something about. Well, that's right. And the fact is, if you're on minimum wage, you can only afford what you can afford. And the likelihood for you to be able to to meet the cost of a standard rental is pretty low. And therefore, you have to compromise on accommodation that, as you said, is substandard, expensive to heat, and is out of the way. It's not in a central location where you can easily access services. So, you know, I really think it's time to be way more creative in how we tackle housing. I have to say, I think a move towards more public housing and moving housing away from private markets and into the public realm, that's good for everybody. Absolutely. Research shows that increasing access to affordable housing is the most cost-effective strategy for reducing childhood poverty. Well, that really hits the nail on the head, doesn't it? You know, I feel very passionately, and I know you do too, and so do our other board members. I think it's not something that's beyond our control. I think there are many things we can do if we have the will to do it. And I don't just mean political will. I mean, individually, as a community, we can make changes. We can move the agenda forward. Of course, we can all make a difference. We just have to believe that it's possible. And I do think it is possible. And I think very, very strongly that health boards have a huge role in influencing policy. I really stand behind those four priorities. I just find it's, although we felt at the time we really had hit it on the nail, 
three years down the line, I've never been more certain that those were the priorities that this health board, and it sounds like most of the health boards in Nova Scotia have gone down the same road. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today, Barbara. If you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to contribute your thoughts about affordable housing, how we can affect policy around housing, or any of our other health priorities, please feel free to drop us a line on Facebook. You can comment on our posts where we post the podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. It was a pleasure to chat with you. It was really great talking with you today, Barbara. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. Join us next time on the Community HealthCast.